right here, if you don't mind grabbing a seat. Just, uh, just want to take this time to welcome you again. Uh, my name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors around this joint. Um, and I just want to welcome you to the Firehouse Church. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, we do have a practice. A few things we'll try to be teaching and training people in here. Uh, you know, firehouse uh, protocol, if you will. But one of the things uh, goes back to something Rick Whitney uh, taught us in back when we started the church, uh, you know, seven years ago or something. But really, we, we had to work on this a little bit. But when I say good morning, um, you say good morning. Yes, okay, we'll try that. So, good morning. Awesome. That's more like it. We'll work on that. We'll practice. Um, you know, on those communication cards, Greg Miller mentioned uh, if you're if you're new with us, or even if you're uh, you know semi new, if you're merging with us from Valley View, I encourage you to fill out that form as well because we'll put you on our churchwide email list. And again, like Greg said, we very rarely sell that information to third party vendors. Um, only when we're in a pinch, I think. So, uh, but you also get. Uh, we encourage you. Forgot to mention that we we give out a free. T- when you fill out that card, you get this all to yourself. It's probably a $55 value, and uh, we are going to give it to you for free. So um, if you do fill one of those out, look through the box back there. We, we have a we have a bunch of these, and you know we can we can spare that value for you. So um, also, I just want to give one of these out while I'm up here. If you don't have one of these, Andrew, you got one of these yet? You got one there, back there. Got Becky there. Let's see if we can hit you. Oh. Lock shot, get that out of here. All right. Oh, sorry. Bree, can you pass that back to Becky there? I was trying to hit right there. Okay, good. Well, anyways, you get one of those, you know, uh, if you fill out your card. So uh, we can figure out how to better serve you and just have some information. But um, we're going to just pray here and uh, jump into a new series we're starting here at, at the firehouse. So if you guys would, let's just bow our heads together and ask again that God might meet us here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. Yeah, we thank you for the opportunity to come together, to gather in your name, to worship you, to have fellowship. And, and God, we ask that uh, through this message, through some of these verses that we'll look at, through your spirit, that we might hear from you. And I pray that every one of us would, would hear from you in our hearts, just something that you have for us here this morning. And um, But God, just give us soft, sensitive, teachable hearts here. And we just turn this time over to you. I pray that through the Holy Spirit, you would enable me to share the things that are on your heart for us this morning. And we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, um, you know... Hello, all right. That's good. I'll try that again. Um, I won't say that then. Uh, but, uh, so if you've been with us the last month or so, we just wrapped up a series that was called the Is God Series. And we basically went through several weeks uh, just answering questions related to... Uh, should I move this up higher? Is that what I'm... Or sideways? Or does it matter? Higher. Higher. All right. I'll try not to spit on it or anything. All right. There we go. Um, we've been through a series just asking questions about, is there a God out there? 
And is that the God of the Bible? And is that God of the Bible a good God? We see the pain and suffering all around us. Is, is God really good? And then we finished with the question, is Jesus God? And so there were a, a lot of things that really we, we tried to make a case uh, of the evidence that would support there is a God who is out there, who is personal. Uh, he is the God of the Bible, uh, as attested to through prophecy and re- the resurrection. And, and that God is, is Jesus, you know, is the, the representation of God in this world, God in the flesh. And, and so we're going to kind of change questions a little bit in this series. And we're going we're gonna to ask the question that, okay, so we've talked about a creator and, and this universe he created and he created us. And really we're going to look at some questions related to how then should we live in, in his world? You know, um, what, what is our purpose here? Um, and we'll start with a, a quote here. Um, some of you might have seen this before. There's a, a few quotes uh, from uh, Rick Warren in The Purpose Driven Life. And there's some good chapters he has on this subject. But one of the quotes he starts with at the beginning is, um, is this one from Bertrand Russell, an atheist. An atheist and he says, he says this, Unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. Unless you assume a God, you know, they're figuring out the meaning in life, you know, it's, it's meaningless. There is no purpose. You know, in some ways we could go back to some of the quotes we had from someone, if you believe everything started back with hydrogen or energy or star stuff and it's over time, it's collided and mutated beneficially to end up with us and, and one cosmologist put it like human beings are just those things that tend to happen from time to time. You know, uh, that, that's where you end up. At what, what's the meaning? We're here. We're here randomly. Practice random acts of kindness. Practice random acts of evil. Do whatever you want. Um, cause, because what's the meaning? You know, maybe the, the greatest meaning would be the survival of the fittest. That, that's probably the most purpose we can have if, if you believe that we're just here arbitrarily, randomly. Um, and so uh, I think Bertrand Russell's quote kind of represents a way of thinking well. Um, I like this, this other quote here just talks about it and it's from, again, Rick Warren's uh, book on purpose-driven life. But the easiest way to discover the purpose of an invention is to ask the creator of it. You want to know your purpose? You know, look to that who created you. You know, and uh, I think of an example of that. I was trying to think of how to, how to frame this and I thought of an example here. Star Trek. I'm not talking about the next generation or the one after that. I'm like talking about the original motion picture. You know, I think back in the days when they called it a motion picture, that just says something right there. But um, (laughs) Star Trek was, I believe this movie came out in the year of 1979. Quick show of hands. uh, How many of you were not yet born in the year 1979? Okay, yeah. So I really wanted to relate to you guys here. how many of you were born before 19? How many of you watched the original motion picture? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. That was, yeah, you know, um, I, I remember vaguely as a child, this was one of the first, like, theater movies I remember seeing. And, you know, I went in as a kid, and it was just like the, the sound and the graphics and the storyline, you know, the, the Klingons. Oh, my goodness. I'd never seen creatures like that before. And uh, it was just this cool movie. And, and I watched it recently. Um, I don't know, through Netflix or something, and 
It was not as cool as it was back then. I don't, you know, it was a little slower than I remembered. I think I actually fell asleep. But, um, but one of the things that I was thinking of on this movie, if you get a chance to watch it, it's, it's good, clean, you know, science fiction. It's, it's back when William Shatner was William Shatner, you know. Uh, it was back before he got funny and all that stuff, you know. Um, but, uh, but anyways, the theme of the movie is, uh, you know, it takes about a half hour, but they launched like the USS Enterprise, you know. For the first time, it's the longest scene ever, you know. Um, and but eventually they get out in space and they're trying to figure out this this thing is like headed towards Earth and it's a long ways away, but it's moving really fast and it's destroying, you know, destroyed the Klingon vessel and maybe some uh, of those other bad guys, uh, Romulans or something. I don't know, but. Um, um, eventually they they get drawn into this huge thing and uh, they get closer and closer and, and one of the cool scenes is where Spock like takes on this like you know space suit and shoots himself out of the, the Enterprise there and he goes and lands on this creature anyone remember the name of the creature? V'ger, yeah, V'ger, whoa, gives me tingles. Um, so, so he goes and, you know, Spock does, you know, and again, I, I watched this movie you know, semi-recently, but, you know, this might be a paraphrase or embellishment of what really happens, but Spock ends up getting out there, he goes, he lands on this creature, V'ger, it's kind of some mix of machine and robot that's gone and become alive. And, um, and so Spock goes and he does his classic maneuver, you know, besides the, like, grab him in the neck and cause him to pass out. He does the one where he, 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 he does like the Vulcan mind meld. And he tries to figure out what's going on. What's the thinking inside this creation that is destroying everything? And he comes away with the, the thought, the, the, kind of the gist of the whole thing is what? Viger is trying to figure out why it exists, who created it, and what its purpose is. And so it's returning back to Earth where it, it knew it was created from. It Viger stands for Voyager. Voyager number whatever. Any Trekkies out there? No. Okay. Um, Voyager number something or another. But um, it was sent out from, from Earth to explore and gather data. And eventually it gathered more and more data and it grew more and more complex. It eventually wanted to know, why in this universe am I here? And it went back to find who created it. And it, it found some answers and there was love and you know the the bald girl uh, you know married this other guy it was just kind of you have to watch it to, you have to watch it to get all the details but to me one of the things I thought it captured was this idea I was amazed that a, a movie a, a mainstream motion picture captured the idea of I can figure out my purpose by finding who created me and I go I listen to that and that's one thing I go yes yes that resonates with me. Um, and yeah, you know, this is back in the 70s, but still the, the truth remains and it reflects kind of what we're talking about today. But, um, you know, there's another quote I like um, from The Purpose Driven Life. It just says, you didn't create yourself, so there, uh, there's no way you can tell yourself what you were made for. You know, we're trying to figure out our purpose. What's your point of reference? You can try to figure that out on your own, but you don't know why you're here. I mean, you don't even you you didn't even know you were going to be here, right? On planet Earth, it wasn't like you beamed down from somewhere else. Um, uh, and you can look around and ask other people, why do you think I'm here? And at best, we come away with speculation. But you know what the Bible gives us? It's God's instruction manuals uh, on life, and it tells us it's it's really revelation 
on how we got here and why we're here and, and what we're supposed to do. And we're going to look at some of the, this revelation as we start this series here. And really, this morning we're just going to talk about kind of one theme, that an overarching theme of, of our, our purpose. And there's a few verses that I think we can... You know, uh, get and find this uh, this theme here. I'll give you two right here. But um, one from the Old Testament there. Isaiah just says, God is speaking and he's talking about his people. And he says, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This other one here speaks again of, of the Creator. And it says, worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created you know God God created everything and you know I like this verse in Romans is a is one of my favorites here and uh, this is from the Living Bible uh, I think the New Living says this almost identically but it just says everything comes from God alone everything lives by his power and everything is for his glory God created you for His glory. He created it, it pleased Him to make us. It was His will. He wanted to make us. But it's an overflow of, of God's glory. And, and we're going to talk about that here for a little bit. There's a ton of verses you can find. So I encourage you, as you're having your devotions this week, to, to look for themes related to the glory of God. You know, they're, they're woven in everywhere. I think of the, in Revelation, there's a lot of descriptions of scenes that are going on uh, currently in heaven. Scenes that will be taking place. But this theme of His glory, like uh, Revelation 19, it just says... Um, I heard what sounded like great multitude, like roaring, like the roar of rushing waters, like the, like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Um, other places it talks about uh, chapter 15 of Revelation. It just says, Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? Um, even at one point, it, there's a, an angel that goes out. Chapter 14, it just says, uh, says this, then, uh, then I saw another angel flying in midair. He had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory. Because the hour of his judgment has come, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. There's this theme that God has created us for his glory. Um, that's an overflow of his glory. And again, you know, maybe that's a, a churchy uh, word. What is glory? Where else do we use that quite like this? But um, we're created for his glory. Here's some, you know, uh, definition. I think this is from Webster's or something there. But um, praise, honor, or distinction. Extended by common consent, renown, worshipful praise, honor, thanksgiving, giving glory to God. But there's this idea of, of honor, of distinction uh, related to glory and, and really the glory of God. You know, um, again, that's kind of maybe a churchy phrase, but what that really, the essence of that. One time you might remember this conversation that Moses had with God. And he's talking with God and at one point he just says, God, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And some of you might know that classic passage after that, the Exodus 34. And God goes in front of Moses and, you know, he's doing it in response to his request. Show me your glory. And what does God do? God just shows him and reveals to him 
personally and powerfully who he is. It says, and the Lord, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He said, show me your glory. And God said, okay, I'll give you a glimpse. You know, really the glory of God is just um, an expression of who God is and what He is like. It's The glory of God is, uh, there's a quote that puts it like this. It says, um, let's see here. Um, oh, where is this at here? You know, that's a different quote. Sorry about that. All right. You know, it's just um, really, um, it is, you know, it is the expression of who God is. God, when He expresses Himself, is glorious. It is, it is what He's like. And so when He makes creation, everything in it is a part, an overflow of His glory and, um, and designed to, to reflect that. Let's see here. So uh, where do we see the glory of God? You know, this verse here says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Um, God's glorious scene in the heavens. You know, I think about, do we have time for a video? I don't think we have time for it here. We've got a video you can look up. There's a, a great one on YouTube. It's just called the, the Glory of God. It's a John Piper video. And it just has images of uh, things taken from the Hubble spacecraft and pictures here on Earth and pictures of creatures. And it's just, uh, uh, you see the glory of God. And he's got it set to some music and to some verses here. But... If you've seen any of those, any of you seen those pictures of, that are coming in from the Hubble? There's just these things you go, whoa, that is just like, that's like sci-fi right there. But these are these pictures that we're getting from deep in the universe, you know. Um, and we see God's glory there. It's part of His handiwork. Um, where else do we see it? You know, uh, this one says, um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Everywhere he created things, there, there is, exists something that's glorious. Um, it's seen in his creation. Another place we see it here. Um, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among, among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Jesus, we have seen the glory of God. God expressing who he is in this world. And, and we see that... Um, Hebrews says that Hebrews chapter 1 puts it like this. Uh, It says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. Jesus is um, the expression of, of God's glory in this world here. And it's probably the clearest expression of God's glory. Um, So, you know... uh, Really, the question becomes, how do we bring glory to God? How do we do what we've been designed to do? And one thought to chew on here is just that when anything in creation carries out its God-given purpose, it glorifies God. When anything in creation carries out what it's designed for, it glorifies God because God designed it like that. And it's a glorious thing when it works like it's supposed to. Uh, We have some examples of that. Think of the ant. An ant can carry up to 50 times its weight. Haul it around. This, this praying mantis, whatever you got, I, I don't think it's 50 times its weight, but have you ever seen an ant hauling something that you go, that's ambitious, you know? Um, but, uh, but you know when an ant hauls something that's 50 times its weight, it brings glory to God. Why? Because that's what God designed ants to do. 
And it's a glorious thing. What else we have here? A hummingbird. Did you know a hummingbird flaps its wings 53 times in one second? It can fly forward, backwards, upside down. And, and it's glorious. Why? Because it's just doing what God designed it to do. And it's amazing. It's glorious. Um, what else we got? The aardvark. That's just a strange looking creature, isn't it? I don't, I'm not even sure why I put it up there. But um, when an aardvark sticks its long spout and, and, and snout down an ant hole and sucks up ants, it's glor- it gives glory to God because that's what it was made to do. You know, and it, it, it's also fun in cartoons as well. If you've seen those old Pink Panther and the aardvark things, those are kind of funny too. But um, there's another one here. The duck-billed platypus. You know when the duck-billed platypus does what it does? Um, what does it do? You know, um, around our house we don't call it the duck-billed platypus. We, we do call it... Uh, uh, Ornithorhychus ananitis is what we call it. Uh, that's what my kids refer to it as. Um, but, uh, you know, the duck-billed platypus, it's, it's kind of this strange mix of a, a duck-billed shape in its mouth. It's got a beaver's tail. It's got fur like a mole. Um, it's a mammal that lays eggs. It's, it's crazy looking. Um, and you know what else it does? It baffles scientists and biologists. And in all of that, it brings glory to God because it's doing exactly what it's been designed to do, you know, and um, it's just pretty amazing. Um, so that we just see God's glory all over the place. And when something does what it's created to do, it glorifies its creator. And what about us? How do human beings bring glory to God? You know, Jesus put it like this. He said, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus is uh, the best example for us on how to glorify God is to do what we've been created to do. And what is that? You know, in some ways, uh, that's, we're just framing um, the next several weeks. We're going to look at some of the specific ways that we as human beings bring glory to God. And um, we're really going to look at some of the teachings of Jesus. He gave us the best example of what we are here to do. And so we're going to look at some of his thoughts on that. But um, we bring glory to God by fulfilling his purposes for us on earth. The next several weeks we'll, we'll be exactly covering that. You know, the Bible instructs us to recognize his glory, honor his glory, declare his glory, praise his glory, reflect his glory, and live for his glory. You know, really as a church, we, uh, we're a church that at our, our core, we're about bringing glory to God. You know, I love this verse. Uh, a few years back, we went up to a retreat up the mountain there back when um, the firehouse was just an overgrown small group, I think. And so we went up there, all of us, we had this retreat. But one of the verses that um, I felt like God spoke to my heart as a pastor was this one from Isaiah. We were praying together, God, you know, give us something for our church, you know, something to hear from you on and it says this then all your people will be righteous they will possess the land forever the branch of my planting the work of my hands that I may be glorified the smallest will become a clan the least a mighty nation I the Lord will hasten it in its time we just felt like when we went up the hill we were a pretty small group we were arguably and likely the smallest church 
in our region, maybe beyond that, I don't know, but uh, we felt like God would say, hey, look, I'm planting you so that I can be glorified starting right here in this neighborhood. And uh, I'm going to take you, this small little clan, and I'm going to do some great things with you here. And we're just... uh, the, the heart of our church is to bring great glory to God. And we're going to talk about the specifics of that as we go. But, you know, um, this verse again, we want to come back to this. Uh, and we're going to close with three action points here. But, I, you know, I've got this question for you. It says that we, that well, let's just look at this verse again. That God is to receive glory and honor and power. He created all things. He created all things in by your will they were created. Because God wanted to create us, He did. It pleased Him, another version says. It, it was His pleasure, His good pleasure to make us that we would exist. But I have a question for you. Whose glory are you living for today, lately? Who have you been living for? You know, if we were to take a look at what's going on in life and where your mind and your heart and things are going... Whose glory are you living for? I think we would all know, yeah, theoretically, uh, theologically, sure, I know I'm supposed to live for God's glory, but how's that, how's that been going lately? Um, have you been living for your glory? Some people will say, you know, I'm not living for my glory, I'm living for someone else. Um, you know, well, or, or some might say, you know, I'm not living for anyone's glory, I'm just kind of doing my thing. Well, that's fine, unless someone has expectations that you should be living for their glory. Um, we already looked at that verse here, but we are, we are told to live for His glory here. And so, um, you know, out of all, of all of the creation, all the creatures that God made in the universe, there's, there's really only two of them that seem to have not, not be doing what they were created to do. Do you know what those two creations, those two creatures are? Anyone? Take a guess. Maybe it's a rhetorical question. So one would be fallen angels. They're designed and created for His glory and they are not living for His glory. And the other would be human beings who are created for His glory and live for their own glory. And you know, if we're going to live for His glory like we're commanded to do, um, you know, one of the first steps, we're going to give you three action steps to close with here this morning. Three things to think about. Um, But the first of those three steps is to realize that that we have been designed for His glory and we have this natural bent for living for our own glory. And you know what that's called? That's called sin. And we are created in this world and God placed us here that we could reflect and praise and bring Him glory. And what do we do? A lot of times we divert it to ourselves and and we want to be the one who receives glory in His world, in His creation here. And you know this classic one here, for all is sin and falls short of the glory of God. You know, if you want to live for His glory, the first thing you've got to do is get right with your Creator, the God of all glory, you know. And that's the first step. Are you, are you right with your Creator? It says we've all sinned against and we've all fallen short of His glorious design. And, you know, on, on one hand you can say, oh, yeah, I fell short, I'll try again. But the, on the other hand, you know, to violate God's eternal laws... His, his laws aren't arbitrary. He didn't just pick them out. Let's try this out. His laws are an extension of who He is. And when you live in His creation and you violate His laws, it's really, you're violating Him. You're violating your relationship with your Creator. And, and that, to do that, to violate your eternal Creator, it carries an eternal punishment. 
And, and yet God didn't leave us stranded in that. You know, we talked about in the last part of our series here, we talked about how God had a rescue plan from the beginning. He didn't just go, man, I created this place. Oh, they made a mess. I better think of something. Uh, Jesus, you want to go? You know, it says before the creation, He had some things figured out. Uh, there was a plan in place. You know, it's not just... You know, I think sometimes it's easy to think we live in this world and certain things are... We relate things in this world to God, but I, I really think it's more the other ways around. We have kings and we have heroes and the heroic stories and things like that. And we go, well, that's just life. That's the way it is. But, you know... Um, I think we have those things because those are an expression of God. He didn't just go, wow, you know, I think they need a hero. I should be one. Um, God, an expression of God must be that He is a Savior. And He came into this world just to show us who He was. Not, you know, not after the fact He didn't think that up. But part of His rescue plan was to come into this world. You know, it says, yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He he gave the right to become children of God. And... um, he came so that we could get right with our Creator, so that we could in exchange we could exchange our punishment that is due, that the eternal Son could take that punishment for us and in exchange give us life and relationship restored with God both now and forever. And before you can live for His glory, you've you got to make sure you've gotten right with Him. And, and if you haven't, and if you know, you know you need to get some things squared away, I encourage you to do it sooner than later. You know, one of the things we offer as a church here is we have a, a tool that we use just to kind of help share um, the situation that we find ourselves in with God and man and our sin against God. And what that does, we, we do a presentation called the Outreach Diagram. And I know there's many people, you're probably sitting next to someone who would love to share that with you so that you can know for sure how to be right with your Creator, how to have eternal life, and how to do that all through His glory, His glorious Son, Jesus Christ. And, and we'd love to share that with you. Um, we'll give you an opportunity, maybe even to open your life to, to Christ here at the end of this time, if, if that's where He has you. But um, the next thing we need to do is to realize that um, once you, you have come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, it's, there's something that happens. You know, he, he, by His blood, he, he paid for us, you know, but in paying for us, um, you know, we we're forgiven, but we're also, in some ways, we've been purchased. When it comes to who are you living for, this says, um, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. If you believe that Jesus came into this world and died for you, you know you're not yours anymore. And as long as you're in your body, you're, you should be living for His glory. You know, in some ways... Um, our body is our interface with this world, right? If you're not in your body anymore, you know, that's, that's not good news, right? You probably wouldn't be here with us right now if you're not doing it through your body. But he says, hey, as long as you're in your body, glorify me through your body, through all that you can do on this earth. Glorify him. Um, you know, in other places it says it like this. Um, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And... The next action said, get right with God. But the, the next one is, make a commitment to live for His glory. Make a commitment to live for His glory. You know, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a, a church-wide baptisms. And, you know, sometimes people, I think, overlap these two, making a commitment to Christ um, and getting baptized. And, you know, baptism is, a, making a commitment is something you could do right here this morning. Baptism... You know, baptism wasn't our idea. Sometimes people think, I really want to be committed to God, and so I'm going to go get baptized. But we didn't think that up. 
You know, Jesus did. And He got baptized because He said it was to fulfill all righteousness. And He said, hey, look, if you want to be my disciples, you go get baptized. It wasn't our idea. Oh, I'm going to be committed, so I'm going to go get baptized. If you want to follow Jesus, you got to get baptized. He commanded that you get baptized. But there's some people that are baptized that are not living for His glory. Some of you might be in this room here. Some of you might have invited Him into your life. It's kind of like inviting Him into your car. And He was in the driver's seat, but now He's in the passenger seat. It's time to switch drivers, you know. And we want to all be living for His glory. But I say it starts with a commitment. You say, God, my life is yours. I do want to live for Your glory. Help me to do that through Your Holy Spirit. We'll, We'll pray that here when we close here and then the last thing I just want to action step to give you here is you know this is a great verse um, in Isaiah but Lord we love to do your will our heart's desire to glorify your name my hope is that as we leave here today that you might be praying related to that I don't know if you came in here and your heart was just like boy I am just looking how can I glorify you this morning God how can I glorify you today My hope is that we start thinking more and more, how can we live for His glory? You know, we want to be a church that, uh, at our core, we have a heart that is burning for His glory. You know, and and I encourage you to be praying that over this next week here. But one of the action steps I want to give you is just, if you would, would you prioritize the next three Sunday mornings? Would you think about catching the next three Sunday mornings in a row? We're going to look at words from the Bible on, on how we should be living, on some of the ways, the specific ways that we are supposed to bring glory to God. And, you know, sometimes each one of us is at a different place. Maybe you're a once-a-month attender. Maybe you're twice a month, as long as the Broncos don't have an 11 o'clock game. Um, you know, I don't know where you're at, but I encourage you, would you think about prioritizing the next three weeks? You know, some things, I heard someone's having a surgery next week, things like there's certain things you can't, you know, can't work around. But uh, the Broncos have a bye week next week, you know. We're going to be here next week, right? I'm expecting to see you there. Um, But the next three weeks, we're going to look at some things that could really change your thinking, could ultimately change your life, but really the things that are the heart of the Firehouse Church and what we are trying to accomplish. Um, But again, three action steps. I'd work to get right with your Creator, the God of all glory. You violated Him, you know, whether you know it or not. And and some know that and some are still figuring it out. But you need to get right with Him before it's too late. Secondly, if you have gone right with Him, you need to make sure you've committed yourself to living for His glory. Maybe there's some changing of of things, some repentance, some things that might have to occur there. Lastly, just encourage you to join us the next three weeks as we look at some of the specifics that Jesus gave us on how to live for the glory of God. and so we're going to close in prayer here. And we'll call it a morning here. If you would, just bow your heads. and um, Now, someone here this morning, maybe, maybe you're here and uh, you've been, God's been working on you. And He's been working on your heart. And, and you're saying to yourself, you know, it's time for me to um, receive my Savior. To receive, to, to not only believe in Him like uh, you believe the facts about Him, but to receive Him personally as your Lord and Savior. You know, you can just simply do that um, by praying, somebody, by telling God, God, I have sinned against you. I have, like you say, earned eternal punishment. And yet I believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for me and I receive Him as my Lord and Savior here today. You can do that to get right with God. And then... Um, Maybe you've done that before and, 
and it's time to get living for His glory and not yours and um, sacrificing and laying down your life for His glory. We're going to pray together related to that here. But Lord Jesus, we just thank You that, um, that You came into this world, that You showed us um, what the glory of God is like. You showed us how we should live and You called us to that. And we just ask that You would help us Help us to learn from your life, from your example. Um, help us to be filled with your spirit, that we might live for your glory, that we might burn for your glory, that it might fuel everything we do um, in our lives here. And We ask for your help. We want to be a church that is on fire for your glory. We ask that you help us in that, that you'd be the center, that um, you would radiate everything around us as, as you express yourself through us. And, uh, but we look to you for that. I, I pray you bless the next several weeks we have together here and lead us into um, living for your glory. We just pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I thank you guys for, for coming this morning. I hope to see you over the next couple weeks. And also Wednesday night we're going to be doing small groups to discuss some of, uh, some of the things we shared here, some of the verses related to this and maybe help each other and living for His glory here. But thanks for joining us this morning and uh, look forward to seeing you next week.